Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Ate All the Pies Cupcast Week One. Well, kind of Week One. Uh, we've had about a day and a half of games, I guess, if you count that uh, that other one. And we're a little bit early uh, in this week because it is Thanksgiving week in um, the good old U.S. of A. And so we have some travel arrangements later this week. So we decided to record on a Monday. So we won't have as much content about the, from the World Cup because, well, there really hasn't. There's, there's only been four games so far, uh, but they've been four great games. But what we are bringing tonight is an actual coach to give some analysis. Uh, Devin is joining us tonight uh, for the first time in a while. Season's over, Devin. You're free for the most part. I know you've got some recruiting stuff, but uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it and glad to be back. Yes, glad to be back. Glad to be uh, during World Cup time. And, of course, it goes without mentioning. But uh, we've got Jordan and Caleb with us. Uh, Jordan, I'm going to be I'm going to be seeing you later this week, right? Going down to Texas for some uh, some Thanksgiving shenanigans. Um, <clears throat> definitely Thanksgiving shenanigans. And uh, podcast listeners, if we had podcasted any later in the week, I would have been even more insane than I normally <laughs> am. So count yourselves lucky. Seriously. Uh, yes. Uh, Wednesday night is going to be bad. Uh, no, I will definitely see you this weekend, Adam. Uh, you'll get to see the mullet in its its uh, in its in its glory. You know, I just got a fresh cut last week, so I'm rocking it for Thanksgiving. He's ready for Friday. Um, and Caleb, who will be, I believe, in one of the in Caleb, you'll be in OG America for Thanksgiving. You'll be in like one of the the original members. Original thirteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have to. Yeah, I try to get as close to Plymouth Rock every year for <laughs> personal thing. You have to. Um, you'll have to to see if there's any British that you can fight off while you're still over there. They might. Oh, they might, yeah, they might I mean, still be yeah. around. They might still be yeah. around. It will be interesting. I, mean, I don't know what we're gonna do Friday for the game. So yeah, if we go to a pub and I see any English fans, I'll let you know. Well, if uh, if anything united the two teams that uh, that played today in Group B, of course, it would be the hatred of the English. That is, of course, United States and Wales, who ended up finishing in uh, the only draw we've had so far of our four games, 1-1. Um, before we go any further, I'm going to leave this open. Would anybody like to guess, before today, anyone want to guess who the last person was to score a World Cup goal for the United States men's national team. Who was that person? No Googling. Is it Landon Donovan? It was not. Yeah. Uh, no. Is it Clint Dempsey? Nope. Jordan? Is it Josie Altador? It is not. No. Does anybody remember Julian Green? Oh, my God. Jurgen Klinsmann's little side. His, the- his, 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 uh, his German-American... Landon Donovan replacement project, his little side project. That uh, yeah, he his goal against Belgium in extra time in 2014 is the last time the United States scored a goal uh, in think, the World Cup. I think American by being born on a military base. Yes. if I remember correctly. Yes, he sounded quite German. So yes, yeah, left that's... midfielder, left winger. I believe. I think he played all over the, but I, I do think he he focused on the left. Um, yeah, no surprise. And, and he he believe, hasn't had the career I think that we all thought he was going to have back in 2014. I believe uh, he had a uh, uh, probably I think a potential move to Arsenal lined up back when you know they were just like trolling the depths of like the uh, the youth sides of various European teams. Hmm. Yeah. So so before Tim Weah today, uh, that was the last time. But uh, he sheds eight painful years. For the Americans in the 36th minute with the opener against Wales. Um, really well set up by our fearless leader, Christian Pulisic. Um, looks pretty solid today, I would say, for the United States. Uh, but then again, hectic moments, which I think do come with a young team. Um, the Americans really bossed the first half. Wales grew into the game, and after several heart-and-mouth moments uh, with Matt Turner turning up big Walker Zimmerman Walker Texas Rangers Zimmerman 
uh, felled Gareth Bale in the box. LAFC's hero blasts home the penalty uh, for the win. Um, what uh, first first impressions of this U.S.? This is the first time we've been able to see them in a World Cup in eight years. This is you know after a, a lot of hype, after a qualifying campaign. Now they're finally on the big scene, on on the big stage. Um, well, Caleb, what did you what did you think of this team today? It it's interesting about them is they played. It felt very much like watching the U.S. Men's National Team has for the last two years. Um, you know, it's a team that doesn't. It, it's a team that has moments that are really impressive and exciting, but there's kind of a lack of consistency. There's not. You know, they don't play that way for ninety minutes. Um, I thought that. We really struggled um, in the second half when Wales made some changes to the lineup and they changed some of their strategies. And I think Burhalter struggled with his selections off the bench. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a similar product that we've seen for in the Gold Cup. We saw in Concacaf qualification where the talent is clearly there. Um, often there's a, a good start, but there's a lack of consistency. And when we get punched in the mouth, it's tough for us to punch back. And Part of that is because we're young. Part of that is, again, because I think of the management. Um, but, you know, a, a draw, you know, it, it's obviously better than a loss. It's, it doesn't really derail our hopes of getting out of the group stage. But, you know, we can't play this way, you know, against England, obviously. And, we, and if we do get out of the group stage, we can't continue to play this way against better sides. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought I thought they, they, were, they looked pretty solid. But it does make sense that the... The one moment against the United States, I guess, in, in this game, um, came as a result of a mistake from a central defender. Because I think that's our weakest part. And I love Walker Zimmerman; he's great. Tim Ream looked fantastic today. I thought he looked, he, especially in the first half, he was making all sorts of uh, interceptions. But it still, I think, is is one of our weaker areas, and and so it's probably no surprise that's where the mistake came from. Um, uh, Devin, you're a coach. I mean, I, I thought I thought they looked pretty solid today. Held on to the ball, made some things out of their possession. They maybe could have done a little bit more. Yeah, um, I'll give it. I'll give it to Wales. If, if you watch, if you watch during the first half, Wales really shut down all their options. They went from a four back to a five back system mm-hmm. and dropped underneath. So they dropped one of the D mids or one of their outside wingers um, back there to kind of have five and close out all the options. The U.S. played very stagnant, very slow. Um, There were no creative runs, um, and that comes with a younger team, uh, up top, midfield, back line, you name it. Um, Just an unexperienced team um, that hasn't been at this stage that might not have played together as long as they should have. Um, I mean, it's, it's a dodgy first, first round, um, it's a silly tackle in the box. It's a, it's, it's a young mistake and it's something that needs to just be corrected. Um, there was no chance of it not being a PK, um, yeah. second half cause clearly went right through his legs. Um, but once the U S got scored on, there was no sense of urgency they kind of settled for the result of it being 1-1. Um, and they're okay with that. Um, now, for them knowing that England smacked Iran today, and Wales, as well as Wales, both teams really didn't have urgency to go forward and, and try to knock one in um, with numbers. Um, they kind of pulled... I mean, Wales had some opportunities going forward, um, but it was only really one or two guys, and the U.S. did a good job getting underneath it. The U.S., on the other hand, decided, yeah, we're just going to use the right side of the field um, and see what we can do, which was their mistake. Um, they had a lot of opportunities. It's it's growing pains. It's a young team, but now it's you kind of have to just think that every team's going to beat up on, on Iran and – it's going to be a goal, goal difference uh, separation at the end of the day. Um, so uh, uh, 
if the U.S. played with some more urgency, urgency um, in that second half after they got scored on, I'd be a lot happier knowing that you know they did fight and, and battle it out, but I don't think they did. Um, and at the same time, Christian Pulisic is on for the whole game, yeah. and he should have been taken out. Um, I get it. Um, moving people around and stuff. Right now dealing with an injury and everything, but Weston McKinney was on. Like, yeah, dealing with an injury. Um, you put Yedlin on. Yes, Des wasn't. You know, didn't have the greatest performance from him. But yeah. at the same, like, makes mistakes. You're 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 taking up a spot. Like, can we survive um, and just have a bit more threat up top? I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be tough um to see see what kind of comes comes from them. Yeah. Um I think it's a I think it's a good starting point. Um but I think for it to be a good starting point it's a little too late. Um I just don't think they performed prior to getting to Qatar. Um so now they're trying to get into their stride and dealing with the the issues there but um Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> I did like you mentioned, you mentioned the right side. I did like Tim Weah today. I thought he did really well. He put it uh, across um, early on that almost resulted in in an own goal. Um, but to that point, and, and leaving certain players on and bringing other players on, I want to go to you, Jordan, because we saw Burhalter. He brings on Kellen Acosta. He brings on Jordan Morris for Tim Weah. He brings on DeAndre Yedlin over guys like Luca De La Torre, Gio Reyna, Joe Scally. So we're going for the MLS guys as subs instead of, you know, some some European based players, some good young players. That I mean, is that is that wrong? What, I mean, are we reading too much into it to say, oh, he's going for the MLS players over the European players, or was it just a matter of, you know, maybe we feel like these players are a bit more experienced, or maybe we feel like, um, you know, I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm trying to to get the the uh, logic behind those substitutions. Well, I mean, okay, so the DeAndre Yedlin substitution and the uh, Kellen Acosta substitution, I kind of understand. And I actually want to praise Kellen Acosta because uh, I believe in extra time, uh, there was a uh, opportunity for Wales where Matt Turner came way out of the goal and Gareth Bale was able to pick that ball up and was looking up and was probably going to bomb it away and score the winning goal from distance. Kellen Acosta clattered into the back of him and stopped that, stopped that play, whatever it was going to be. Uh, the one that bothered me and what bothered me too was Burhalter's uh, comments after Jordan Morris. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. You probably have, if you're going to go with an MLS guy, you probably have the best MLS striker on your bench, Jesus Ferreira. Yet, in his post-match comments, I believe he said, well, Jordan Morris offered more strength and pow- uh, more speed and power. Well, if you wanted more, you know, more power, then why'd you not, you know, um, elevate Ricardo Pepe or Jordan Pifok to the to the squad? So that was where my my major concern was, and uh, to piggyback off Devin, this is not a bad result. Yeah, uh, you just have to hold against England as much as you can, and then just bomb away against Iran. Uh, which I know sounds kind of uh, geopolitical. The U.S. bombing away on Iran. Um, oh dear, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what has to happen if, in order for the U.S. to get out of the group. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I, 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 I don't. Think, I don't want. I think as much as we can leave. I think as much as we can avoid leaving our two center backs exposed, the better. So I, I don't. You know, I don't like the idea of Tyler Adams or or Weston McKinney or. Eunice Musa can, because that's kind of what, what he's there to do. But, you know, I don't like the idea of midfielders just bombing forward whenever or wingbacks bombing forward whenever, because I don't know that this, I don't know that this team has a strong enough core 
to do that. And I don't know that, that, that it had that before the World Cup, and you certainly aren't going to pick it up in, in a week, you know, training to, to get everybody on the same page. So, you know, I, I understand the caution. I do think there were times, especially there in the second half, where we could have done more. And and I think it's it's more to do with the passing needs to be more direct when we get into the final third. But if it's it's okay for me if, if it's a slow buildup, I get it. But those passes need to be more direct. There were several times I feel like where we had we got going forward and instead of trying to play it in behind the Wales back line, we played it sideways or we played it backwards. But they were in that position. They just didn't I don't know if it's confidence, I don't know if it's if it's coaching from Burhalter, but they just didn't play that final ball as effectively as I think they could have. But I'm okay with the cautious approach because I just don't know. Like I, my next question is, how are we feeling for Friday? I'm a little nervous, frankly, because I think that of all the strengths the USA showed, I see several areas where England can exploit the weaknesses, particularly in the back line, where I don't think there's a lot of pace. You got to deal with Sterling. You got to deal with Mount. Kane's not a slow guy. If Rashford, I mean Rashford, took off like a shot today against Iran before scoring his goal, he's 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 pretty quick. So. They've got a lot of pace. They can outflank us. I, I'm okay with a conservative approach, but I'll, I'll put that up. To you. How, how else is everybody feeling about Friday now after this performance? Are we more nervous? Are we optimistic? Obviously, England scoring six isn't great, but I will remind you that was against Iran, so it's not like it was, you know, but still. I, I mean, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> um, I mean, England, I mean... I don't. I didn't. I don't think I ever expected the U.S. to beat England in the World Cup. Um, so I don't think that. I don't. I don't think that I saw anything today that makes me believe um, that the that the U.S. will be able to defeat them. I mean, it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, obviously the Americans always kind of get up for matches like this. Yeah. Um, you know, England. That England played against a an inferior competition as opposed to Wales. Although I don't think the Welsh team is fantastic but they're certainly better than um iran so um yeah i mean i don't think i don't think we learned a ton i mean england's very good they're probably the best team in the group the americans are probably the second best although they struggle to maybe you know put teams away and wales could spoil it and i think that and and it's going to come down to how many points can you score against iran and how many points can you keep or how many goals can you keep out of the net against england and that's going to be the key to advancing yeah um, I, I will say this about England. In 2018, they went in as, as I think, people saying, oh, this is this could be the England team. And they just had a hell of a time against Tunisia in their opening game. So the fact that they started fast does kind of concern me. Um, by the way, uh, just bring this up now. So me and Jordan, to her cousins, Devin uh, is my uh, my sister's boyfriend, so we've got a, a sort of family and friends $5 buy-in World Cup bracket pick'em thing going on. And of all the group, which I think there's nine of us, Jordan and I are the only two who did not pick the United States to go through <laughs> the group stage. Um, both of us are going with England and Wales. I do want to – Jordan, should we – not that we're taking pleasure in, in this result. Obviously, we would have loved the United States to win. But should we feel com- – are we feeling comfortable now? with our picks are more comfortable. I mean, honestly, with the, with the first two matches in group B, uh, uh, completed, it's kind of broke out how I expected it would. England is on a different tier. Yeah. The U S and Wales are about equal. The U S might be a little bit better in possession, but not at converting chances in the final third. Uh, Wales can, you know, sit back and, you know, be okay. And then Iran is just a tier below that. Um, no, in my defense, on on picking Wales, <laughs> you don't have to um, defend yourself to me. By the way, I'm well, there. With I'm you. not defending. I'm not defending. I, what I'm I, I'm putting out my I'm putting out my thoughts. So, okay. like Adam said, this is a family and friends pickup. <laughs> my wife, Sarah, my wife. is a part of this pickup. So, in order to increase our odds of winning the money, we had to change results. In oh, some you're places. That's a fix. That you can't do that. 
No, it's not. Yes, no, it it's is. not. Okay, come on. It's collaboration. Or, no. It's supposed to be or, facing yeah, off against yeah, each other. It's, co- it's collaboration because we're a team. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think the correct term is collusion. Yeah, there we go. Collusion. Collusion. That's Jesus. it. Hey. First of all, there's nothing more American than collusion between a group of people. And second of all, in most of our picks line up with everyone else's. It's just when there's slight differences in opinion on, on what teams will place where, we went with different options. So sue me. I want to win the money. That's the most American thing I can do is be a capitalist and win money. I just love how Jordan was just like, yeah, we picked – we picked these like this because we're a team. Then my first thought was just, how close is Sarah Beth to you, Jordan, right now? Is she, is she right there? We're a team. I promise. We are a team. No, that's no, she's a, collusion she's, from the Allison side. She's in the living room anyway. She's on her phone. Uh, she's looking at TikTok right now or probably Instagram Reels. Okay. Um, and, oh, no, she's got, her, she's got her Amazon card out. So I, What no. is it? Oh, she's okay. Never mind, y'all. She's oh. looking at her favorite site for the holidays, Fanatics, hoping oh, to see yeah. if there's like a new Mavs gear drop. So, um, oh, she's looking for something for me. Aw, oh. I love you, honey. Wow, this is okay. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta switch off. This is getting way too sweet. Right. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> all right. So, well, I mean, I mean, Newcastle's Newcastle's doing great. Everything's kind of looking aces for me. So, do I need to be bitter at him? No, no, I'm just, you know, it's just, I, I, I'm there with you, like I said. Um, all right, we already talked a little bit about this. So England just completely thrashed Iran. Um, they looked <laughs> really good. 6-2 um, was the win. Jude Bellingham, Bukayo Saka, who scored twice, Raheem Sterling, Mark Strashford, and even Jack Grealish scored for England. If you let Jack Grealish score against you, you must really, really not want to go back to Iran. Um Let's just ask you like this. Were England really good, or were Iran just really, really bad? Devin, you, you might know the difference between you. Is this, was this a good England performance, or was this just a terrible Iranian performance? Well, no, I, I, think, England, I think England performed well into their tier and, and who they are in the first half. I think when they led up those goals— I, I think they they fell a little bit and got too complacent and found themselves, you know, having to keep a four goal difference. Um, now, I, I just to go to just kind of go back a little bit. I don't think you can sleep on Iran hmm. if they can score against England and do it in the fashion that they did and still have intensity all the way through to 90 minutes plus and have issues with the goalkeeper. I mean, I think, I think what you run into is that Wales and USA should be a little curious about that one as well. Hmm. Um, now, England, yes, I think they're in form. I think this is a really good start for them. Um, I, don't, I don't see it changing. Um, Harry Maguire didn't put a ball in the back of his own net, so <laughs> no, but he, good. he did go down though on on the goal for a run, yeah. and I I missed this. But did did somebody he Caleb? You and I talked about this. He did he hit his? I still don't know if he hit his head, but he came off with what looked like a concussion. Yeah, um, I never saw a replay on that. Yeah, so I'm I didn't not hundred percent sure what happened there. I don't know what 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 he what he hit but yeah some something happened where he he hurt himself or somebody hurt him the neat the neat thing with that too is uh fifa does have new concussion protocol yes uh, which is which is which is awesome um so i mean and, and you you have to take a close look at it and everything and, and and just continue to look at it but yes adam i think i think england's in stride i think this is a good squad um they advance and i think as as long as they continue their results, it's just going to continue to develop and continue to go. Mm. Um, I don't really, I don't really foresee any issues um, besides little knocks here and there. Um, 
And I think they're going to be very prepared um, to play against England or to play against USA, sorry. Um, and they're going to be prepared to play against Wales um, and just finish off the group. And they're treating this like a business trip, um, <laughs> kind of in, in and out. And let's let's go home kind of thing. Yeah, well, because the, the Premier League, I know, starts well before any of the other European leagues. There were some people talking about that at the bar. Um today i think i don't think the bundesliga comes back until january the 20th and the premier league comes back on like december the 26th so um so yeah england they, they looked pretty good uh iran had their goalkeeper ali reza uh Berevand subbed off following what it was a terrible terrible collision um with his own player and he ended up having to be stretchered off so Certainly hope that he's okay. But that led to a whopping 14 minutes of added time at the end of the first half. And I want to say there was like 10 minutes at the end of the second half, which was just ridiculous. Caleb, you kind of mentioned something like that. I I feel like they're just handing out stoppage time in this tournament. I don't know if this is going to continue to be a thing, but there was a lot in the USA-Wales game too. And I think there was a lot in in Senegal-Netherlands. So I was listening to one of the commentators, and they were talking about how the these World Cup refs are trying to keep a true count of the time. And granted, oh. in the England-Iran games, because the Iranian keeper was hurt and it took a while, they brought a stretcher and blah, blah, blah. So that was extensive. But apparently there's some sort of intention of keeping exact track of the amount of time that there is no action. Um, because, you know, goal difference is so important, blah, blah, blah. But what makes it difficult is, is is if you watch most top leagues, there's kind of a, you know, it's almost, they're not really keeping time. It's kind of a sense of there are a lot of fouls, a lot of people went down. You might see five, six minutes. You know, if there's an injury, maybe you might see excessive stoppage time. If someone's getting blown out, you might see, you know, at the end of a game, you might see one or two minutes. So it's it's almost more of a game management thing for the for the referees than a true count of the exact time, and so the fact that they're you know they decided to to do this thing it's just it just feels really odd as someone who watches soccer on a regular basis because yeah. you're seeing absurdly long stoppage times that you know frankly are giving teams opportunities to score. Um, you know, Iran scored a, their second goal late in stoppage time on the penalty. So it's it's I think we're gonna it's silly. Hopefully they rein it in. Yeah, I would hate to see in like a quarterfinal, like Brazil lose out because they decided to add ten minutes on to the end, and then the ninth minute of stoppage time, the penalty goes to the other team. Kind of like what happened with England today. Like Iran's last goal was a penalty that I think. Okay, I get it. Yes, it's a penalty. He he pulls his his shirt, but the same thing happened to both uh, Harry Maguire and John Stones in the first half, where they were both pulled down at the same time, basically tackled in the box. And VAR looked at it and said there was nothing there. So terribly inconsistent as well today. Um, and the referee of the USA-Wales game wasn't that great either, just decided to start handing out yellow cards left and right. So, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, I uh, yeah, I hope, really hope they rein that in because there was just insane amounts of stoppage time today. Um. So we will find out, uh, or yeah. So whether it's England, whether it's USA, whether it's Wales coming out of uh, Group B, um, they will face more than likely, I think, one of the two teams that we saw play today, which was uh, Senegal and the Netherlands. Um, and boy, is it clear just how much Senegal misses Sadio Mane. Two nil defeat to the Netherlands. Um, Cody Gakpo opening goal, superb ball from Frankie De Jong to set that up. And then David Clausen added another one very, very late in the ninth minute. Um, I mean, I, I think it's clear that, that agree or disagree, Mane makes this team. Like, if Mane was on the field, this would have been a different result. I don't think that it was reflected very well in the scoreline just how effective Senegal were at setting opportunities up, but they just, they couldn't score. Um, who else? So yeah, I mean, Caleb, I think you kind of watched this match. What, I mean, is that, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Amane makes this game different. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, Senegal, I mean, they, they, they were a lot of fun to watch. You could tell that they had a lot of talent on that team. And obviously, they're African champions. They did not seem overwhelmed by um, what, what is a very talented Dutch squad. So um, they're a lot of, yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. Um, they play, I really like the shape that they play in. I think that they move the ball, they advance the ball um, very quickly. Um, you know, they, they did not look overmatched at all. Where they failed a bit was once they moved the ball up quickly and once they took advantage of maybe some speed on the wings, um, there wasn't kind of that final person to, to shoot the ball. Um, and obviously the Netherlands had a similar issue until kind of Memphis Depay came on and, and kind of played that role. So, yeah, obviously the best player in team couldn't make a huge difference, but I think it's even more pronounced when he's the only player who of the profile that you need for that particular position. So there is no yeah. replacement for him. So, yeah, it was tough. But it's, 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 I think Senegal still has a really good chance to come out of that out of that group. I think they're a very talented side. Yeah, set up a lot of good stuff today, and they 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 played incredibly well. I think they had 15 shots, um, which was more than than the Netherlands, and then four of them on target again, um, more than more than the Dutch. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, actually, I think uh, so. The Dutch goalkeeper Andres Nopert, I think I'm saying that right, um, just some phenomenal saves. Um, that uh, that he had to come up with in order to keep this uh, or to keep the Dutch ahead there uh, as the second half went on. But uh, one thing I noticed, Jordan, about the Netherlands is, as opposed to Senegal, who were missing somebody who you know would be this this goal scorer. I don't think the Dutch really have that in this team. I don't know if they they've got a lot of good parts, but I don't know if they ha- they. I am a goal scorer. And that is what I do. It's I think it's like the 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 Rick and Morty robot who just spreads butter. They don't have a just spreads butter type player um, at the head of this attack, and I think they could, that could hurt them. I mean, wasn't <clears throat> I mean, wasn't that one of the issues we uh, I think listed as long uh, you know as well as uh, their depth at wingback, seeing how they're yeah. playing you know daily blend at left you know at left wing back um it's almost like the netherlands have had a really hard time since that generation of van Persie and huntelaar yeah to find just a true striker and honestly that's what you could see in their lineup today too because they had bergwine up top kind of kind of like in that human song role for tottenham with Gakpo beneath them you know uh able to stre- stretch out wide and you know go out wide, come back in, uh, but like you know, be able to provide that final pass, but really no out-and-out striker. So I don't think Netherlands are going to have a problem getting out of the group. I just think they're too talented overall. But I think that will hinder them when it comes to you know the knockout rounds or the round of 16. Um, did, you notice who, did you notice who Steven Bergwijn was playing next to up top? Uh, that guy's Vincent name. Janssen? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is that is that is from the depths of FIFA as well. I oh, remember man. that. Um, um. Yeah. No. Like like I t- like like I I harp constantly having a top level striker, no matter if it's to, in your domestic league, or if it's in like you know a knockout European competition, or if it's in the World Cup. If you have someone who is one of the greatest strikers in the world. They're going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck when it's absolutely necessary, and sometimes they will drag your team to glory. And that's what the Netherlands right now are missing. So, so uh, good yeah. luck. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I hope you. I hope. I hope everyone when they make their picks for the knockout round, you know, uh, understand this accordingly. <laughs> Because uh, I just don't know how far they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, so Vincent Jansen, just to, to run down for people who don't know, so he he famously goes to Tottenham Hotspur in the summer of 2016. Um, does not do very well there. Goes on loan to Fenerbahce. Uh, you know, has some good games, but again, doesn't do very well. He ends up going to Liga MX side Monterey in 2019. 
does decently. Now he's at Royal Antwerp in Belgium, and he's just killing it. Um, and that's what led to his call-up. Um, uh, Louis Van Hall is a fan, um, and I think was was looking for the right opportunity to get him into the team. He is probably the closest thing to that type of striker, but he just he's not he's, he's not quite there. Um, so yes, that was all. So that was all the games from today. Uh, on Sunday, we had the World Cup opener. We also had the opening ceremony, which was kind of unique. Um, Ecuador took care of the host pretty easily, two nil. Inter um, Valencia of former West Ham fame. Uh, getting a reputation for scoring World Cup goals for Ecuador. He's got five now for Ecuador. Um, just, I don't know, something about the big stage. He loves it. Um, I, I want I to go about this. The game was okay. I mean, it was, it was a decent, decent game. There was enough excitement to, to keep me going. But what I'm interested most in, I think, is Fox choosing to air the opening ceremony as part of the sponsorship they have with Qatar Airways. I don't think if in all of the years that I have, and I don't even know if they did it for Russia, Fox did, but I remember ESPN covering it and they would have some coverage of the opening ceremony, but it was like sparse. They would spend most of the time actually talking about the football, talking about, you know, previewing the groups, you know, getting, uh, getting everybody hyped and looking at the whole entire tournament instead of just having however long that was, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I didn't even count it, on just the opening ceremony. So my question is, was it too much or was it way too much from Fox to show that whole entire, whatever it was, performance, I guess? I don't know. What did, what did we think of the the opening ceremony and that the way that Fox has kind of treated this? I did not watch it. That's that's okay. on you guys. I'm not doing <laughs> opening ceremonies, guys. It's not my jam. That's another thing too. Like I don't, I don't. But that's usually why they, they don't air it. I think because I don't think most people are. And for those who are who really enjoy it, you can you can you can find a stream of it. Like it's not that hard to to go and find somewhere. So, but I mean, they just it surprised me. I was watching the preview and the coverage, and they just were like, "Okay, we're going to go to the to the opening ceremony." And I was like. Now, and they just you know they 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 completely shut off except for somebody who was like explaining kind of what was going on, um, and he kind of that that felt a little bit over the top. I don't know. It's uh, the football's been good, Adam, but the coverage has been weird. Yeah. Hot take: okay. People who really enjoy opening ceremonies are the same people who really enjoy like the Thanksgiving Day and like the Christmas Day parades. And I don't under, uh, don't understand why. <laughs> Spoken like somebody who has no children. Do kids, so are, do kids are you, like parades? I I don't I did when I, I was growing up. I liked watching it. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know who it was it's for. for the kids. I assume it's for somebody. I don't know. I for mean, kids and Adam, capitalism is what it's for. Yeah. Adam, oh, okay. there was a lot of things I did. Like I did. I was in Boy Scouts for a very long time. And yet, I can I can say proudly that I never enjoyed parades. Maybe not as a, I don't know when you're a little kid and you could you know look at Mickey like that kind of stuff. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I will say this: the coverage has been kind of funny sometimes when they're talking about <laughs> like when Iran was playing. They're like, you know, oh, well, this is really tough on the Irani players because of what's going on in their country. <laughs> wink, wink, and we're like, are we just not gonna? I just we're not going to talk about it. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that's got to be, that's got to be really hard." And I'm just like, "This is so fucking lame." <laughs> just dancing like, around the whole time. Yeah, it's like, "Oh yeah, you know, here in Qatar, where some people have problems with some things, you know." And it's like, "This is this is the worst." <laughs> <laughs> like this is the best we can do is just to vaguely reference geopolitical issues. I mean, I get it. I mean, I understand. You know, people just want to people just want to watch you know, the World Cup and just enjoy themselves. But it's like, if you're going to mention it, like, at least, like, you know, Talk about have it. the, yeah, you know, at least, at least have the guts to come back and say, oh, well, here's, you know, here's what's going on. Here's some of the problems. Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the, the Iran, <laughs> the Iran question, the, you know, the, like, yeah, come the, on, guys. <laughs> because of all that stuff that's going on over there. Like yeah, what, you know, we, stuff, things, I don't know, people are, 
people are having issues, you know. Yeah. I will, so they did make a pretty good point, and it's almost like they can't. The, the com- I'm sure this isn't the case, but what I it it feels like the commentators can't talk about the, the Qatari issues of which there are plenty, but they can talk about. So they they really want to say, oh, remember Iran's got problems too, and none of their players sing the national anthem, which looks bad. I don't know if it is bad. I don't, I don't know how the Iranian anthem is treated though. Like, is it normally not sung? Like, there are no words to the Spanish anthem, so nobody they don't sing it because you can't. But you know, I, I don't know if that's true. But it did it definitely did look bad for the Iranian players, none of them to sing um, their country's national anthem. Um, I also say like it was kind of lame that some of the you know there's there's supposedly supposed to be an armband that some teams are going to wear that was yeah. like pro LGBTQ plus communities which obviously in line of what happened in Colorado Springs is probably more relevant now than ever mm-hmm. and then they're like well we're not going to wear it because we want to get a yellow card I'm like all right guys like I'm so it's either either like stand up and like yeah. stand up for what matters to you and make a point it doesn't have to be ostentatious but there are some things that are more important than the World Cup and soccer. It's fine to stand up and say, you know, it's to to stand up and say that you know people in this world deserve love and dignity and respect, and but but of course the whole thing is a fucking farce because the World Cup is being held in a country that spits in the face of many communities and freedoms, et cetera. Right. So the whole thing is just kind of the, the whole thing is kind of a sick joke, and and you know not to get too far into it, but it's like <laughs> we need to never have a World Cup. At a country like Qatar, ever again, a country that is that that with the with the we just it, it's like it, you know how many times do we have to have Olympics in Russia or you know World Cup in Qatar? It's like we need to have these international celebrations in countries that are good members of the international community um, and and hold them to a higher standard, and so. You know, hopefully we don't have to go through this again because it's just absurd. Yeah, somebody I, somebody I, made the point. I enjoyed uh, real quick, Devin. Somebody, I did see somebody make the point that if, I mean, if they're going to say, okay, well, if you wear this armband, then you're going to get a yellow card. Make them do it. Like wear the armband and make a referee give you a yellow card on live international television. Make them do that. And and the next game, give it to somebody else. And make them do it again, and force them to to have this image, where they're basically telling players who are wearing this sort of this this kind of stuff that it's not accepted here. And I promise you, FIFA will back down one hundred percent because. And I, I'll I'll go to you now on this, Devin, because I, I I did want to put this to you. I feel like as good as the football is going to be in this World Cup, this is really damaging for the game overall to have this here. And I feel like we're gonna. FIFA is basically turning a ton of young people away because they're so determined to make this work. And I, I'm concerned, as a fan of this game, that be, be, that they're really going to turn would-be fans and would-be supporters away simply because they're being so tone-deaf about all these issues. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with Caleb. Um the, the problem is um, the original statement, just like the original statement of um, that there was going to be alcohol sales at the yeah. World Cup, um, and they backed out on that. Um, they changed their mind. Uh, the original statement was players were going to be fined um, for wearing armbands. Um, that I'll said one um, – yeah. uh, they went back on that and said it, you won't be fined. It will only be a yellow card. So now I think what you're going to start to see is you're going to start to see players wear it and are given the yellow card. Now, the, the interesting thing will be when multiple players are wearing it, that referee has to go to each individual player before as, as he blows that whistle, starts the game, he has to blow it a second time and he has to go to each individual player and he has to write them down. So I think you very well could make a statement in one game. Now, Belgium has to get new jerseys because they have pride and one love on their jerseys. They have everything already on there. So whoever makes their jersey, Adidas, New Balance, Nike, whoever it is, 
has to either agree to sort this out and send it over, or Belgium's going to be wearing a jersey that's going to have a big black mark on it that's covering up what the meaning behind this sport is. International love. It's for everybody. And the fact that we have it in a country that is disrespectful to all sorts of races, individuals, peoples, like, it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. And for FIFA to agree to that and say this is going to be okay, even back when they did agree to it, things weren't good. And I'll go off of, like, what Klopp said earlier in the year of saying that stadiums just don't poof out of thin air. You have to build them. And look what building those stadiums in a very, very hot country did. It caused many deaths. So you you have so many issues with this one place. And it just shows you how corrupt FIFA really is to be able to dive in and say, we're going to do this and it's going to be money generated. It's going to be generated by money and it's going to fill our pockets. And not only that, but we're going to put constraints on certain individuals and, you know, look at the civil rights. Like it's just, it's a whole mess. Um, And, and honestly, I, it's it's going to take one game, two teams, to wear armbands and for the referee to run around and give yellow cards to every single person on both teams to then have FIFA look at it and say, all right, we've got to do something because this is outrageous. Because yeah. they're just going to get booed. They're going to get booed over and over again, and the referees are going to complain. It's going to be, It's going to become an issue. Qatar needs to grow a pair. They need to realize that this is the World Cup and things need to change in order for them to have a good time. No, Everything's going against Qatar right now. No one wants to be there. Yeah. Not a single person wants to be there, whether you're a player, a coach, or whether you live in Qatar probably. Um, so uh, all it's going to take is one big statement, like Caleb said, take the yellow card, go for it. Now, the original thought was fines, and they didn't want to be fined because that that just adds up. So now that it's just a yellow card, I mean, coaches are going to start to speak out because what happens when you keep adding yellow cards to the tally? Players are not going to be available as time goes on. Like, it's just going to cause such an issue, and it just needs to be solved. Um, I mean, that's, that's my two cents on it, but yeah. As far as as far as the comment on opening ceremonies, I want to touch base. I think Fox was going into the direction of how they kind of cover um, the Olympics and everything. I think they're they were just kind of opening up to the idea and kind of going a different direction. Um, oh, okay, I see now. That, that's 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 my thought. Is they're kind of going in the direction of what they do for the Olympics. Um, which is coverage of the opening ceremonies and just involving everybody so everybody sees it because it's cultural. Um, There's a lot of things going on. I mean, Morgan Freeman was part of it, so you (laughs) you kind of have to keep eyes on him. Um, So many different roles. He escaped from Shawshank, and, you know, he was down in South Africa as the president, you know, and you just got to keep an eye on him. But Uh. regardless, I I do think you just need – one team to make a stand, and honestly, I think it's Belgium. Belgium goes out there, and each each player gets a yellow card for wearing the jersey that has the already printed one love stuff on their jersey. You, you, and they and they got told 24 hours before kickoff that they weren't allowed to wear that. So um, I think that's a team that does it. You change everything, you make a statement, and then you go from there. That game is on uh, is on Wednesday, so yeah, I didn't. I'm I'm just now seeing this. I didn't know that they had demanded they remove that word. Well, yeah, wear it. Just just wear it. Um, I agree. You got you got to make you got to make this look ridiculous for FIFA to suddenly step out I, and say we need to we need to change the way we're doing this. Otherwise, this is going to be a spectacle for the next month. Yes, Jordan. Uh, Devin, I got to rebut you there, my man. 
Um, it's not going to be one team or one player that makes a statement and gets this changed. If if Budweiser, if um, if the the international brewing conglomerate that is Budweiser can eat seventy five million dollars worth of cash that they of uh, money that they paid to be the primary beer sponsor in stadium. Then it's not going to be just it's it's not going to be just one club one te- one national team that makes a stand and gets this change. It's going to have to be the advertisers. Here's an example. We're going to the other uh, form of football, American football. It literally took FedEx to pull their 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 advertising from the stadium as well as the rest of the Washington Commanders to get that name changed. Oh yeah. So, unfortunately, it's the almighty dollar that that makes this world go round right now, and I think that's part of the reason why this is going to be a continuing trend over the next you know at least decade or two that we're going to see these tournaments like the Olympics and the World Cup and the Global South because that is the last part of the world that is going to pony up the money and then more importantly like the contracts that are going to be needed to build these build this infrastructure and pay and pay for the world cup because i know there's issues with like the ioc and like france pulling out a bid for the olympics in like 2026 or something like that so this is just the start of a trend we're going to see more events in the global south because that is the last part of this world that can be still be exploited for money unfortunately so I will yeah. say, for Uruguay's sake, I think if they hosted the World Cup in 2030 along with Argentina, as I believe a lot of people are pointing out should happen because that, that's, that's where it started was Uruguay. Um, but it's much bigger now, so they need help to host it. But if they host it, they will not let any of this crap fly. They're pretty liberal. Um, they're, the Uruguayan people are pretty liberal. They will be all on board for... The armbands, and if, if FIFA says anything, they will, they'll stand up to him. I, I'm I'm very confident in that. But other than that, yes, I agree. All right. Well, uh, so this it's that was good. I, I think it's good. I think it's good that we continue to talk about this stuff because, as as we pointed out, you know, Fox really are not. Um, they decided to talk about the opening ceremony. And and show the opening ceremony, all this stuff. Whereas the BBC chose not to show it, and actually spent that time talking about the issues of Qatar hosting the World Cup and all these problems and things like that. So that's that's what a uh, that's what a license fee gets you. Um, so coming up, and I, I've only got this listed out through uh, Thursday. Obviously, we'll be back next week after the holidays and everything. So a lot more football will have been played, but we've got three big days of football coming up. And I, you know, despite the issues, I think we're all still excited to see these teams match up with each other. So uh, on Tuesday, uh, starting at 4 a.m., you've got Argentina versus Saudi Arabia, um, well, 5 a.m. Eastern time. We're, we're going on Eastern because we have an Eastern an Eastern timeline person here. Um, so these are all Eastern times. Denmark versus Tunisia uh, is at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. Then Mexico versus Poland at 11, and France versus Australia at 2. Then on Wednesday, you've got Morocco-Croatia. Germany opening things up against Japan uh, at 8 a.m. Spain versus Costa Rica at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. And then Belgium versus Canada. That is a... I believe that is a 2 p.m. game. Um, Although I think I've got some schedules that are conflicting here. But I I think that's the 2 p.m. game on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, Switzerland versus Cameroon starts us out bright and early. Uh, Uruguay versus South Korea, Portugal versus Ghana, and Brazil versus Serbia wraps up that day. So I want very quickly um, uh, from each of you, which of those matches, which are all firsts for uh, for this group, that that finishes out uh, Brazil and Serbia in Group H. So that gets us through, or sorry, Portugal, Ghana in Group H, so that gets us through everything. Which one of these upcoming matches are you the most excited to see who are you most looking forward to playing in this world cup that has not played yet. And we will start with Caleb. Well, I want to see Serbia play. <laughs> That's right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Brazil and is, against Brazil, which is going to be yeah. great. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. I mean, 
This the U.S. Uh, Wales one was the Fulham Cup. I mean, there were four <laughs> Fulham, four current Fulham players and one former Fulham player in, in, in playing in, the, in this game, which was which was fun to see. Um, there were there were several Fulham fans who were like, "We're just team no injury right now," um, <laughs> uh, which which I understand. Uh, I thought Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson were fantastic. I thought Harry yeah. Wilson was great. Dan James did Dan James stuff, which is not much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Serbia Brazil I think would be exciting. Brazil's a fantastic side, um, uh, and you know obviously I want to watch Serbia because of Alexander Mitrovic and just the the absolute hosses they have up top. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. And it's the game that's gonna roll straight into the Cowboys versus the Giants, um, which is the uh, the well the four thirty Eastern time, three thirty. Uh, central time kickoff that day. So from football into football, um, which I know is something that Caleb really likes. Uh, Devin, which of these upcoming matches, who, who, who are you looking forward to seeing play that you haven't seen play yet? Um, well, I mean, there's the, the, I mean, the one team that I'm interested in is, is France just to see how they do without some injuries, uh, with some guys out due to injuries. Um, just, just the team in general. Uh, not excited about the game. Just excited to see how they do, how they perform, um, and just see if they changed up anything. Um, most exciting game um, for me uh, would be Germany Japan. Um, I mm. think Japan is. Um, yeah, you picked you picked the Japanese to get through that group. I think you? they're a dark horse. I think. <laughs> I mean. I mean, honestly, honestly, they they control the ball. They play with good tempo. They're smart, and they play into the channels in a in a in a very good way. And the way they connect passes and their quickness on and off the ball. I mean, I, they're just going to be a threat. Um, I think I honestly do think Japan makes it out of there because Spain is a younger team as well, and I think the younger teams will struggle this year. Um, and it, it'd just be good to see what Japan can do against Germany. But I don't think there's anything special about Germany um, necessarily. <laughs> like, it, like it's not a, it's not, it's not an old German team. It's not Germany from oh, years ago, right? It's 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 a, it's, a, it's a little different. So I think Japan makes it. Um, and honestly, uh, the. Uh, Switzerland Cameroon game. Um, quite frankly, um, I will be up probably with maybe your dad on Thanksgiving watching that. <laughs> um, Adam, I'll so. be I'll be up here. I won't be home yet. Yeah, but, uh, you but will, I'll be you up. Will, I'll be you'll up. Not, you'll not be there yet. No, um, but me me and your dad potentially will be awake for that one. Um, I I'm interested in that. Good luck one with because, that. <laughs> uh, I know I know how this man wakes up. <laughs> it's a stunt. He has certain times. He has certain times where he goes to bed. He has certain times where he wakes up. Outside of that, it's 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 a, it really is fifty fifty. Um, I am interested in that one because um, you're bless bless your mom. Um, she chose she Cameroon, didn't she? Did choose Cameroon. Yeah, she chose Cameroon to get out of the group. Um, yeah. And and on, on that day, um, not only is Switzerland and Cameroon playing, but Giants and Cowboys are playing. So. Um, oh, that's right. It, You're a Giants fan. It's a full day of smack talking with your mom. So I'm have pretty we, excited. Have we approached that on this podcast? The fact that Devin's a Giants fan, uh, my fellow, our, our our resident cowboy fans here. I'd rather not approach it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I kind of assumed he was a uh, a New York fan, seeing how his family resides in Connecticut. I honestly assumed Jets, though, because oh. Um, they're you know the the Giants are the fan you know the Giants are uh the the, the fan of the, the the team of the people the Jets are the team of the uh, the elites and uh, really? yeah, I think that's good. I think that's yeah a funny honestly. way of showing it are you saying I'm elite um, <laughs> you you give off that air Devin I mean you lived in Switzerland for a I know. portion of your life <laughs> I'm going to point that out that. <laughs> Jordan I mean, can you, can, can, can <laughs> you claim true. you spend yeah. your summers driving in an unair-conditioned boxcar? 
then you're elite. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I am definitely the most, uh, the most, you know, uh, true blue collar out of all of us here. So oh, here it goes. Oh, here we here go. go. Oh lord. Every time. <laughs> well, all right, I, Jordan. I Jordan. I appreciate it, Jordan. Thanks. Thanks for. Uh, thanks for saying that the I, elite I'm, status. I'm elite. Yeah. Um, so just real quick, Adam. Um, yes. Just so I can base on it. Connecticut doesn't have a team. Uh, Northeast right. is. you bundled. You're bundled in there with Buffalo. Patriots, two teams out of New Jersey, um, so you kind of have to kind of have to pick and choose or jump ship to another state. Um, so instead of bandwagoning and, and kind of jumping on everybody when I moved back to the states and who picked what, I kind of jumped over to the Giants. So um, there's no way you can bandwagon that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was going to say now. Oh no! But yeah. So the only, I mean, as far as I know, the only team professionally that Connecticut has given us is the aptly named Hartford Whalers. Um, which it'd be great if they could bring them back. Um, Jordan, the WNBA team too. Oh, that uh, makes sense. It's the state of Diana, Diana Taurasi. So yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's. Is the, it her it's team? Connecticut Sun. It's <laughs> yeah, the Connecticut Sun. Sun. Okay. Uh, they play at the Mohegan Sun Arena. Um, nice. And, and secondly, yes. Uh, well, unfortunately, they're never going to bring the Hartford Whalers back. Yeah. Because the team that owns their rights to that uniform is the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but they do ah, have retro. Okay. Yes. We so we they do bring have... back that. So they they bring back the whale, uh, and that is honestly one of the best logos out of any it sports is. team ever. It is. Because I have a Hartford Whalers hat, and I love it to death. It is. It's a fantastic one, Devin. You were gonna. Were you gonna tell us more about Connecticut's professional sporting past? Yeah, I, I, I was gonna. I was gonna jump in there real quick because um, we also have the the heart. They're they're not. Uh, they're. I guess you consider them semi pro. Um, Hartford Yard Goats um, <laughs> affiliation this is, this with be baseball. Uh, affiliation with uh, the Rockies. Um, nice. Triple A, I believe it is. The Hartford no. Yard Goats. Double A. I, I, I can't remember which one it is, but Hartford Yard Goats. If you haven't seen that logo, that logo's uh, you might want a hat with that one, Jordan. It's for Christmas. You can, we, we'll get it to you free for Christmas, Jordan. Santa will bring it. Um, Jordan, you're the only one I think who hasn't gone yet. Let's. What are you the most looking forward to? Who are the most? I'm trying to phrase this. Who are you the most looking forward to seeing uh, that you haven't seen yet in this World Cup? Uh, okay, so the most the there's a there's two games I'm looking forward to. Uh, the first one is going to be Argentina versus um, uh, Saudi Arabia, and then the other one is going to be uh, Portugal Ghana because we are going to see the start of the swan songs of. <laughs> Ronaldo oh, and yeah. Messi. Yeah. And can Messi lead Argentina who are incredibly like calm, you know, at this time, you know, they got the monkey off their back. They won Copa America. Can he lead uh, this Argentina side to world cup glory in his last go around? And can Portugal survive the group stages without killing Ronaldo? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm interested in seeing. And, uh, to another point, we are talking about teams from Connecticut. Let's not forget that oh, Connecticut was also home to the short-lived minor league hockey team, the Danbury Trashers, uh, which were a uh, which had a which there's a documentary a documentary on Netflix about them because they were owned by a mobster, and his kid, his 17 year old son, was made the GM of this team. That's this is this is. I love it. This is why we keep. This is one of the reasons why we keep bringing you back, Jordan, just for these random tidbits and facts that are just wacky and amazing. Um, I'll answer real quick. All those were great. Um, honestly, I, I'm looking forward to. I think all the matches really, other than maybe Denmark Tunisia. I, I, for some reason, I just feel like that's not going to be very. Fair. I'll watch it, but I feel like it's it's either going to be one sided to Denmark or it's going to end goalless. Um, 
Belgium, Canada, man, I'm looking forward. It's going to be Canada's, um, you know, first World Cup since 1986. I'm interested just to see how they do. I'm also hoping that they'll agree Canada to wear their red jerseys so Belgium can wear their whites with the love uh, on the collar and uh, and basically tell FIFA where to stick it because I, I think that would be wonderful. I want to see this chaos reign. I want to see it happen. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be that's, – that's the, the 2 p.m. Eastern time game on Wednesday. Um, it's Monday night. We're four games into the World Cup. I feel like we've already got plenty to talk talk about. We'll have even more uh, coming up next week. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Devin, for, for joining, joining us tonight. Thanks, Caleb and Jordan, as always. Um, looking forward to, uh, to seeing Devin and Jordan um, at Thanksgiving. And, Caleb, can't wait to see you for the final uh, later this year. So, thanks, everybody. Uh, and we will talk to you again next week. Happy Thanksgiving. I know. World Cup in, in November throwing you off, Adam. Yeah. Sorry about that. Do you want to sign us off, Jordan? Yes. Uh, I will sign us off, guys. Uh, let's go eat some pecan pie. There you go. pumpkin pie is generally trash. Oh, boo. Amen. I don't agree with that. Amen. I'm, I'm sad that I pressed record again.